Look at Talk. New episode starts now. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for observing that moment of silence with us. That was for rest rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome on welcome, everybody, to another edition of Liquor Talk. This is the Liquor Talk exclusive round. Uh, today, I have Glam with me, the host of the part, the phone party. How you doing today, Glam? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hi, uh, she's joining me from Virginia, correct? Yes, that's correct. Hey, we got VA, Florida, A. You know what I'm saying? We do this thing. This is what we do on Look and Talk. We podcast with everybody, every, anywhere, everywhere. Thanks to this Anchor app, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we do it. Um, so, Glam, why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about the phone party. All right, so the phone party really is taking it back to, you know, back in the day you get on the phone, you have fun, you catch a vibe, you on the phone, and you know what I'm saying, you talk your trash with your folks, whatever y'all talking about. What I wanted to do was make it a fun conversational podcast where topics are discussed and people can just be themselves. Any topic is on the table. You know, it's not like uh, we're being prudish or being uptight around here. We're keeping it real. And also you catching the vibe. You can learn something, have a little humor going on, but I want it to be, you know, lit. And so that's what the whole phone party was. But like I said, I was trying to take it back to the days where, you know, you get on the phone, do a three-way with your folks, y'all cutting up, you know, laughing, cracking jokes at each other, whatever, talking about stuff. And so I thought that that was something that was missing. So I definitely wanted to bring it back. Wow. So what made you decide you wanted to start this podcast? So about two years ago, um, first off, let me kind of let you know, I'm not foreign to a recording a little bit because I do music. I'm 37, but I've been rapping since I was 11, started recording when I was 17. So I was already comfortable with recording and kind of doing that thing. Um, I had heard about podcasting a while ago and I just thought that, you know, cause to me it's like, okay, giving a person a chance to have their own radio show, online radio show without maybe necessarily being in the business or having all the resources, but you could still have the opportunity. So, um, and me learning to eventually record myself at home and stuff like that, I started looking looking into apps that I felt were, you know, more suitable for me. I looked at a couple, but I really liked Anchor. It's very easy and what it had to offer or whatever. And so um, I started out doing Spill Milk with Glam. And that concept at first was just like kind of the same. Like, you know, we could talk about whatever um, my little saying was, you know, they say don't cry over spilled milk. But here, that's not what we're going to do. We're actually going to clean it up. So that was then. And then, you know, I just kind of revamped it because I was like, you know, we're going into a new year, new decade. Uh, let's Let's change up the energy a little bit. Okay, I, I get you. I get you. I get you. Um, so what did you learn from the music game that um that you could take take with you from what that you're looking to apply with podcasting? I feel definitely the first thing for me is feeling comfortable on the microphone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like some people kind of the first time they hear themselves, it kind of freaks them out. Um, and then second, being comfortable with yourself, because that's another thing. If you do on a podcast where you just by yourself, because I have episodes where it's just me. Um, and then I have episodes where it's conversational. So I definitely took that. And then, you know, sound, um, learning like that, you know, the distance of being on the mic. It's the same thing. You don't want to sound too pitchy. You don't want to sound, you know, like you breathing on the mic. So those are just a few things that I learned as far as the recording aspect. Okay, okay. Now now we're gonna take this thing back to your music. So what got you into music? So I was a chubby, dark skinned kid. Um, and you know, I'm an 80s baby, uh, so I definitely grew up. My mom used to sing, my dad played drums, so I grew up in the house with music playing loud and so um 
I used to love Crush Groove. That was my favorite movie. Still is my favorite movie. But that was the first thing that made me fall in love with the culture was that movie. And then um, I was about 11 years old when Biggie came out, 11 turning 12. And for me, Biggie just made me fall in love with it completely and made me start writing because he was relatable for me. He made me feel like being dark skinned and, and chubby or big was fly. And it helped me to embrace myself. And be like, you know what? I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. You know what I mean? And so that's what made me fall in love with rap. And so from falling in love with Biggie, you know, it turned to the Red Man, Daz Effects, you know, because from that era. And then, you know, Wu-Tang, you know, then the South came in. Like, I, I love the Southern rap and what they do, their beats, uh, just the flavor that they give. But yeah, that's definitely what started for me was Biggie. And may he rest in peace as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. That's nice that you... um that Biggie was able to do that for you. And yes, Southern music, they just got their own swag, own flavor. So what do you think yes. of music today and today's culture today? Oh, you know, I'm mixed about it because, you know, I'm at that age where in the industry, especially a female, I'm considered old. And I'm trying to change that because I don't look 37. That's number one. And that's not me trying to be cocky or anything. But I'm just saying, like, I don't look my age. Uh, I definitely still have plenty swag about me. And I feel like, I have more life experience, so I have more to say. Now, I'm not knocking anybody younger than me because everybody has their story, their story and their trials. But, you know, I just feel like um, the music today, I'm, some is very good. Some, I love it. You know, some artists I love, are they're young, young and up and coming artists I love. But then, you know, some of it is, a lot of it is trash to me. A lot of it sounds the same. Um, I'm tired of the same. It's like everything is uniform. You know what I mean? Down to the music videos. So sometimes that can get a little boring. But, you know, I'm kind of mixed about it. I don't hate it, but I'm not in love with it either right now. No, I, I totally I totally feel you on that. It's like um, coming up as the 90s, baby, it's definitely different. I definitely agree with you there. And I don't believe 37 is old because I see a lot of old, old rappers that's still out there in their 40s and 50s still pushing music. So that age is No, I agree number. with you. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. The reason why I say that, and I'm glad you touched on that, because for those artists that are out, like Raekwon dropped something a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, but he's 50. However, he's a legend. He can come and do that. Busta Rhymes will still get on the track with one of these youngins right now and kill it. We've all heard him do it. But what I'm saying is in the era of the Cardi B, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, City Girls, being a woman, you have people like Rhapsody who are dope and people know of, of her, but why isn't she on, on the front, you know, front page? Why isn't she up on the surface like City Girls is? Again, not taking anything from them because that's a culture and a movement too. I, I do believe that you do have to move with the times to stay true to yourself. But being my age, it's going to be hard for me to get in because I'm not known. So I might luck out and could do behind the scenes because like I write R&B and stuff too. So I might could luck out in that aspect, but that's what I meant by me being a female in my age. It's like, they consider me old. You, they want you 25 and under coming in the door. Now, once you in the door, you know, like Nicki Minaj, she's 35. She can make a record at any time because she's a legend in the game as far as, you know, what she's achieved. She's respected in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get what you mean. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know by now, this is Liquor Talk. This is the exclusive round. And I'm my guest today. Joining me from Virginia is the lovely glam, ladies and gentlemen. Now, being the name of Liquor Talk is the name of the podcast, I got to ask you, what's your favorite kind of drink? Oh, I love margaritas. Blue margaritas, preferably. <laughs> so so like, tequila. I like me some tequila. Okay, what's the best brand of tequila out there? I mean, of course, 
Patron, and I know that's so cliche, but I really like Patron. But there are other ones that I, you know, I'll drink, but I really do like Patron. I like the taste of it. Yeah. So what's what's your favorite memory doing music? Uh, I performed at a Lollapalooza one time off the humble. And the sad thing is, you know, I've been through so much in life. I couldn't tell you what year it was, but it was sometime like early 2000s. It could have been like 2002 maybe something like that. Um, but I was working with this company called Woodworks Entertainment back in the day. And uh, the dude that I was working with, his, his production skills was like, it was a perfect match for me. So we had some stuff and he, you know, was out there doing some things in the city and we landed the opportunity just off the whim to perform at Lollapalooza. You know, they have the little uh, sets where, you know, there's a whole bunch of things going on. So we just got a little stage and was able to perform. And that is something that, because it was my first experience and you young and you just off the humble, I, I'll always remember that because it was fun. Uh, the energy was great that day. The people loved us. So it was like a really cool moment. Wow, that's nice. That's nice. So now what? Now, who is somebody you would like to collaborate with in the coming year? You know what I'm saying? When it comes to doing music. Oh, man, if I if I really could, I would love to do a song with Twister. Um, I love Twister. Big fan of him. Just what he does on the track to me is is crazy. Um, producer wise, I would love to work with Timbaland, of course. Um, and also, believe it or not, Sheila E. And I know that sounds crazy, but um, I want I have this version of glamorous life that I would like to do that is more today and more on the rap, you know, of side of things. That is so dope. I had a beat made for me, and I would love to like do something with her on that. That would be so lit. <laughs> That's nice. That is definitely nice. So what is your creative process like when coming up with music to produce? When it comes to that, um, I'm kind of different. Like I don't force myself to write, you know, like uh, somebody could send me a track and say, you know, I'd like you to feature on this. And I'd be like, okay, well, what's the turnaround? Cause I'm not the type that just going to sit there and force something out. Like if it doesn't feel right, then to me, it's not going to be right. I like, I like it to flow natural. Um, so I listen to the beat, listen to the beat until it starts to talk to me, if that makes sense. Like literally that's how it goes in my head. It's like the music speaks to me and the words just come out like that. But I like to catch a vibe. You know, I also like wine. I like, um, like, I like pink champagne. I like red Moscato, pink Moscato, you know, sit back, roll up, Pour me a glass, chill out. Like that's that'll help me get in a vibe too, and just get in my zone. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. I definitely feel you on that. Uh, I definitely feel you on pouring up. You know, what I'm saying I haven't poured up as much as as past episodes, but we used to be pouring up and vibing and recording, but we don't do that as much now. But um, so if you could open a show for any artist, who do you think it would be and why? Well. I'm thinking on two, okay, the marketing aspect of the more exposure. I mean, if I got the chance, I would love to open up with for somebody who's hot right now, like Megan Thee Stallion, the baby. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I'm actually a really big fan of the baby, but like it's also about the exposure. Like, okay, if you get a chance to perform, you want to perform for who's the hottest at the time because that helps you grow your fan base. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I definitely got to link up with who's hot right now. And so what so what's one message you like to give to all your fans and supporters out there right now? Well, first off, thank you for those that rock with me. Cause you know, I'm definitely up and coming. Like, it's not like, um, anybody 
quote unquote knows me, but I hope that the people that have shown me love, because I do have people that hit me up and, hey, where's the music? Or, you know what I'm saying? I just want you to know I was playing your song today. Like those things mean something to me. So what I would want to say to those that do support me is thank you for that. When y'all shoot me them little messages or when I get those texts, like I'm saying, we waiting on the next single or what you doing? Oh, hey, I think you should do this challenge. Like that right there is major love and that is inspirational and pushes me to get focused on, you know what I'm saying, working on the next hot song. So that is one thing I would want to say. Okay, okay, I feel you. Now tell me this, what is something you'd want to change about the industry if you could change something about the music industry? The stigma that women have to be naked. Like, I'm a mother, so, and I have a daughter. I have three sons and I have a daughter. So from both ends, like, I could not be out here on no wild shit. Now again, there's no, I'm a woman also, so there's nothing wrong with me wanting to be sexy, look my best, right? But I don't have to come out on a bra, in a bra top and some panties to sell a record because I'm really talking about some shit. Anybody that listens to my music, they always like, yo, you really are going and you really, you really have skill. I take my shit serious. I don't just get on the mic and just start going. And there's nothing wrong with freestyling. That's great. And that's a great art too. I really do respect it. I used to do it when I was younger and somebody sat me down when I was about 20 and said, you're really good. However, if you want to make it, you need to learn how to write a song. You have to understand the format of writing a song. So I took that seriously. And my point in saying all of that is what needs to change is people's skill being respected and not just how they look to sell a record. Cause some people might look like whatever, but it's trash. You know what I mean? Like, let's just keep it real. It's trash. But because they have the look or they went and got the butt injections, that's that's going to sell. People are going to look at that and that's going to sell records. And I feel like the days of when Queen Latifah and MC Light was out, when they, you had to be about something or they were going to clown you. Like that part of the game is gone. And that part is what's heartbreaking for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with you because Queen Latifah, MC Light, those um, ladies coming up back in the day, they definitely brought the heat and they weren't afraid to drop bars and drop dimes on you. So exactly now, nowadays it's just like everybody want to be all looking good, want to be all buddy buddy and stuff. But but you get you get a few good MCs out there, you know, what I'm saying who can you do? Yes, exactly. I agree. Yeah. And, and that's what, and I'm thankful for them because, like you said, there's there's still some of them out there, you know, and and they and they breaking down doors, and I'm hoping to get the opportunity to change the stigma that, you know, why can't a female be my age or forty? I bet you there's a, women older than me that look great, still in shape or whatever, still got their swag. It's not about being in shape, but you know, they got swag. They could fit in the industry, but because they're a mom or because they have, you know, they're older. Oh, we're not, we not trying to hear that right now. We need the next young thing. We're looking for the next Cardi B. We're looking for the next City Girls. And if you pay attention, like, Love and Hip Hop New York, um, that, that there's a young girl on there, and they're like, oh, she could be the next Cardi B. And so that's, that's what they're looking for. Everybody's trying to reiterate the thing that just came out that blew up. But let's give some fresh talent a chance. The same way Cardi came out, she was fresh at the time when she came out. Okay, she changed the game. You, you got to respect that right about her, whether you like her or, you know, like her or not. You got to respect that about her. So it's like, let's give other people a chance to do the same thing. Why we got to keep looking for the next City Girls, the next, you know, like, why is that? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I definitely agree that everybody has a unique sound and everybody just needs to allow that unique, everybody needs to allow their uniqueness to shine and not try to emulate somebody else. I definitely feel you on that. So how do you feel like the internet has impacted the music business? I think it's 
impacted it in a in two ways. You know, of course, we already know about how it's really hurt record sales, quote unquote. But the beauty of it now is they're starting to recognize streams. And so that's bringing people kind of back to the days when they were selling records. I think the beauty of the internet is the way it allows you to connect with the people and to also get your music out there. But, the, you know, back in the day, you know, you're trying to put together a, a demo and you're trying to be at events, hoping somebody will even take it, you know, even give you the respect to take it out your hand. Whereas now, you have SoundCloud, you have YouTube, you have Reverb Nation, you know, um, people even doing, you know, putting their stuff up on Spinrilla and all that other stuff on their, on their own. So I feel like that's what the internet did help because it does give uh, ordinary people a chance they might not have had. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you on that. So musical-wise, what you looking forward to for 2020? Are you working on any projects? I am. You know what I told myself? The past two years, I had dropped EPs. I focused on EPs that consisted of like seven or eight tracks. I think the last one I dropped um, last summer, I think I had... I think I had eight tracks on there. It's sad I should know, but I have so much going on. But I think I had eight tracks and then I did like a bonus track. This year I said, you know what? If somebody dropped dropped some jewels on me and said, everybody worrying about EPs and albums, but for real, you need to focus on a hot single, which is true. Because when you think about it, that song that's hot as hell, that end up on the radio, ends up getting on your nerves, but that person that solidifies a person and they have a career for life off of that for real. They can tour off that later or do shows. I should say off of that later, all that can turn into something off of one hot song. Sometimes it's not always about an album. You drop an album and you for real probably have two or three bangers on there that anybody's going to listen to. So I said, I'm going to put my energy and time on really focusing on a hot single this year. I'm not going to stress myself out about a whole project this year. Let's get a hot single going. Let's do some networking, try to do some shows, and then let some opportunities create itself off of that. No, I totally feel you on that. Now, shifting back to albums, though. Now, what do you think of this new age of albums of all these artists dropping like 20 and 30 song albums? Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't I think that's not a good idea. Yeah. Because, and then not only do they do that, they drop so many back to back too. So like you said, you drop a, a mixtape with 20, 20 tracks on it. And then a month later you drop, it's, it's, it's too much. It's too much. And then kind of saturating yourself. And so that's my personal opinion on that. Yeah. Cause I, I've noticed that. Uh, I, I have to agree with you there. I have noticed that because back in the day, um, rappers used to drop one album and they would just keep releasing songs off that album for, for like a whole entire year and some maybe even two years but now it's like everybody is just saturated with music and stuff but who's but outside of outside of yourself who's are what artists are you looking forward to coming out in 2020 honestly i'm i i really don't know because i don't keep up with the times so let me tell you what i mean by that like i discovered i'm gonna tell you two artists that i discovered that i really like and they're young dudes um one is trap boy freddy i mean of course everybody we all know about yellow beezy but trap boy freddy and yellow beezy are affiliates or whatever uh and then i like this this young cat coming up named peso peso both of them are texas artists now again i told you i love the south once i learned about you know i switched over uh, no Limit started it for me, of course. Who wasn't a No Limit fan back in the day? And then, you know, I learned about DJ Screw. I learned about UGK, 8-Ball, and MJG. So I, I'm still that person today. So I love that stuff. So I love Texas music. And uh, to me, Trap Boy Freddy, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Um, and Peso Peso is taking over. That dude is like really, he's, he, his his work ethic is crazy. Hey, hey, I'm with it, though. You know what I'm saying? You can tell Texas music has definitely impacted the world because um, – I had a friend, I had another guest on my back on episode 73 talk about how 
she's from Florida, like me, and she said Texas music inspired her brand. It's like so. I, I definitely feel like the the South is really taking over to where people in different states are just you know infatuated with the South. Absolutely, because that, that, I became infatuated. I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah. So, so what hurdles did you face um in your uh, in your music career, and how did you overcome them? Uh, the biggest one, you're going to love this one because um, I already shared with you that I was a chubby, dark-skinned kid. So I was chubby for a while, um, like up until my 20s. And then I had lost 100 pounds, got down to a size eight. And I remember then people was like, oh, you're too skinny. Don't lose too much weight. It was like, that's when I learned, though, that like you can't please people. Um, but one of the things that was, I'll say, traumatic for me is one time I was working with some people because in my younger days, my mom was helping me out. You know, we setting up opportunities, trying to get stuff popping. And um, I, it was these two dudes. And I came to record and stuff like that. And they was like, listen, you're so dope. You know, we love you. We think you could really do some things, but we need you to lose about 20, 30 pounds and come back and see us. Now, as a younger person, that's kind of traumatic. Like, you know, of course now, you know, like, oh, I got to get performance ready. That's what I like to, like to call it. So yeah, you got to get in shape. You got to get tone. You want to look good on stage. You want to have stamina on stage. But the way they said it to me, it made me feel like, you know, because of my size, I'm not enough, you know? Um, so that was like something that was like crazy, but I overcame it by, I kept going. I didn't let that stop me. I kept recording. I kept meeting people. I still kept doing things. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that was one thing I had to hurdle and overcome because I could have let that break me, but I didn't. Yeah, I totally feel you on that. Um, I'm, I, to- I totally agree that you can't please everybody when it comes to weight because some people want you big and some people don't want you big. I mean, you just got to be happy in your own skin, you know what I'm saying? Because trust me, I totally yes. get it, you know what I'm saying? I had to take the BS from my family about weight too, so I totally feel you just got to learn to be comfortable in your own skin. So what are some things you're looking exactly. forward to covering on your podcast? Oh, man, uh, a lot of topics. My la- my latest episode, I touched on um, two topics that I really would like to bring up with you today, too, and see what you think about it. So first was, you know, in relationships when it's over or if somebody passes away, you know, heaven forbid, we'll start with the man aspect. So when it's a man and woman, when his wife dies or she leaves him, due to be married with like in th- within 30, 60 days. I mean, he will have a whole new life, right? And that's okay. Nobody bats an eye. But when a woman does that, it's she's, she's a hoe. She was already talking to somebody. Why is it okay for men to move on? But the minute a woman does it, it's an issue. Because for me, I mean, uh, now somebody, you're with somebody and they pass away, that's a different thing. Because of course you're going to grieve and stuff like that. But if it's a regular thing, y'all break up, divorce, part ways, whatever. If the shit is over, I'm moving on. What am I supposed to be sitting here for, you know, doing what? I'm not saying the next day you out on dates, but you know, if a couple months you're ready to date and then you meet another person you really vibing with and you start a new relationship, what is wrong with that? Why are women expected to sit around and wait? Like, wait for what? I don't know, because I guess in some some society believes that women should just sit around, wait for that right one to come along and approach them. You know what I'm saying? They're not OK with people moving on. Like, I totally agree with you. I definitely think if a relationship's ran its course, then and both parties are done, just move on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Move on and just be and be gone. You know what I'm saying? Because because sometimes exes will hold you back and exes will hold you back from meeting that right one. So it's like. 
it's sad that women have to deal with that. But some men, I would say some men have dealt with that too, you know, because they'll they'll have them have they have some of their families look down on them because I guess it I guess if a person wins your family over and friends over and it don't work out between you and that person, that that there's always gonna be that emotional attachment to that person. And that's why Very so true. many people yeah. be looking down on someone else once they decide to move on because you were supposed to make it work with this one. Because they were so infatuated with this person. They feel like, oh my goodness, now you can't move on. Or this person ain't going to be as good as the person you had. Yeah, you're right, though. You're right. And it it was just something, though, that, like, drove me crazy. Because it's like, people want to just do that. And I'm like, that's not okay, though. Because you you see it all the time. I mean, hell, I can keep it 100. It's even happened to me one time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I broke up with somebody, and they was in a whole new relationship in no time. You know? And, of course, my thought was, okay, you was already doing that. You know what I mean? But it was just like when men do it though, it's, it's accepted. It's not, it's not, you know, frowned upon, but the minute a woman do it, it's like, oh, you already did like, you know, so I, I'm glad to get a male's perspective on that. Now, believe because I wanted not, to see what you would say. Now, <laughs> now, I don't understand. I believe not. Some men do get frowned upon for moving on too fast. And now the real men will hold the men accountable. You know what I'm saying? And some do get right. held accountable, but they don't get scrutinized to the level. Some women get scrutinized and it's sad that they do. That's true. That's true. Now, here's another one because you asked me about a, a topic. I'm going to share this other topic with you that I had brought up in mind, especially because this is the liquor talk. So how do you feel about when you have people over? And, you know, I don't know if you have like your liquor out or whatever you do, but I have had some experiences where I hide my liquor now because people do too much when they come to my house. People like to help oh. themselves. <laughs> so how do you feel about that? <laughs> Listen, college taught me that the hard way. I learned to <laughs> listen. I I hosted a house party right. I had one bottle of liquor out right. And I put another I hid another bottle in the freezer. And I think one of my guy friends was looking for some ice. He was like, "Hey bro, we ice it." And he he opens up my freezer and he notices I had a bottle stash. He said, "You got this bottle of Bacardi limit stash, man. Let's crack this thing open." I'm like, "Fuck." So right, right. <laughs> I, I, so I learned that you know what I'm saying whatever liquor you want for yourself, you gotta stash that shit away. You gotta stash it like when people are coming over. And you also hell yeah, yes. <laughs> yep. So and I'm, I was actually listening to that episode. I was sitting there like, damn, people really don't come over and have don't have no kind of mess, no kind of respect right? for you when you come over. <laughs> and then and then they get mad with you for getting mad with them. Oh yeah. Oh, I've had that happen to me too. Again, one catch an attitude, and you like for real? How you gonna? Because I would never think to go to somebody's house and do that. I just would not ever think to do that, you know. But people get comfortable and think because you family that they can do that shit. I, I don't care if it's family or friends. I, if I go to somebody's house, um, I'm asking questions. I'm like, look, hey man, where's your restroom at? Or it's like, exactly, exactly. I've I've went to one of my homeboy house. My homeboy had to tell me, "Hey, bro, you go ahead, go ahead and fix your plate, man." You know what I'm saying? I I had to wait. I'm I'm one of those saying I got to wait for them to tell me, "Hey, it's okay. Go ahead and make fix exactly. your drink or something like that." I got respect for a friend. Now I've had some friends where they come over a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like say like if I'm getting ready or something, I'll tell them like, "Look, go ahead, grab your beer or whatever. Go ahead and send the fridge." Like that. I have some people that I'm tight with. They they've been over to my house a lot and it's been vice versa you know what I'm saying we got that bond but then there are some people you're like 
especially now if I don't know you like that, you better not be trying to roam up in my refrigerator. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. And, no bullshit. <laughs> no. And now the one time I've had to um also I heard you mention something about having how people bring their um misbehaved kids. I will say the one oh. time I've had somebody come over, at least their child was respectful enough to be like, Hey, um, Mr. Victor, um, can I watch TV? I know what I said, sure, little man, you got it, you know what I'm saying? He was respectful. Right. Now the times you talking about, I said, you know what? I'm a, if if I ever ran some situation, I I'd have to check the parents because I'm like, this is your product. Why isn't this child right. home trained? Because exactly. I grew up with an old school mom. Come on, then play that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get dealt with. Hell yeah! You real quick and with. embarrassed. <laughs> you yes. get dealt with and embarrassed right there on the spot. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> no lie, no lie. <laughs> uh, it, and it's sad that, that this generation is because I saw a story where a man got got arrested for beating his child with a belt over the grades. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You can't even justize your children right now. Let me tell you what. Like I told you, I got three boys and a daughter. My oldest is 13. And he's taller than me. He's taller than my friends. So he go to bed and wake up taller. I tell you what, I let them all know. I don't care how big you get. Try me. I will go to jail. You are not going to disrespect me. I sacrifice my actual life to give you life. You will not. <laughs> you will not. And I'm not going to allow the law. Now, I will say this. I'm I'm not a type of parent that uh, believes in hitting my children with objects. I'm not knocking people who do. I guess I'm lucky at the fact of how I deal with things. I haven't had to go that far to be grabbing belts and stuff like that. Yeah, I haven't had to tag them a few times, pop them, stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't even, you know, like I said, I don't know if I, I have some good parenting skills and then I'm also blessed with some good children, but I, don't, I haven't had to do that. I haven't hey. had to break out a belt and do all of that. Well, that, that's good. That, oh, that's good. I'm glad you didn't have to do that. Uh, we're going to shift this back to your podcast for a moment. So, of the three episodes okay. you've done so far, which one would you say is your favorite episode? The Thanksgiving one. The Thanksgiving do's and don'ts because, um, first off, it was just fun. And it was my first, you know, me doing my revamp after the Spill Milk with Glam. And then it was one of my favorite people in the world. Um, I met her when she was, me and her both were like 12 years old in middle school. And we are still very close to this day. So that one is my favorite. Hey, that's real though. But I ain't gonna lie, that Thanksgiving episode, y'all were talking some real stuff about the do's and don'ts, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't, it's, it's a lot of stuff you don't think about, but it's like, I ain't gonna lie, I haven't been to a Thanksgiving house, people at house, somebody else for Thanksgiving some time because every year on Thanksgiving, I've had to work. So I definitely, I definitely can agree for that. So now what you, now in your time, what did you, what would you say was your greatest failure and how did you come back from that failure? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, mm. I have, <laughs> that's a good question because I've, I've had, I've made a few mistakes in my 37 years. You know, we all have. Um, what I'm trying to think, what is my greatest failure? Huh. I really, and I mean, you know, I don't know, this might sound crazy. I really can't think of one. I'll say some of my greatest, mis my greatest mistake where I learned a lesson was uh, definitely, of course, having children. And if I could go back, I would have been. I would have had children later in life. I mean, I had my first child at 27, but um, I would have achieved more. So that's just what, if I could do something different, like I have some friends that are my age or a little younger than me, they don't have children yet. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay. 
actually get some things done because here I am now a mother of four. Now I'm trying to get shit done and I'm going so hard at it because I want them to become older and say, you know what? My mom did it with us so I can do it. You know, I want my daughter, especially like, you know, huh, my mom had all four of us and she was, she was making her music. She was doing her podcast and she was, you know, making her clothes and blah, blah, blah. Cause I also do hair too. So it's like, they see me grinding. I want them to know they can go for their dreams and achieve what they want to. But if I could go back, I would I would probably be having my first child now, to be honest with you. Yeah. I would have achieved more in those 10 years instead of having my children. No, I, I definitely feel you on that. So you say your hairstyle. What's some of the craziest hair stories you got from doing people hair? So I do crochet um, braiding and like, you know, braids, um, twists, stuff like that. And I actually fell upon that on the humble. Like I was in a situation where I was like, okay, I got to make something happen and fast. And one of my homegirls, she my sis, shout out to Whitney. She put me on like literally, you know, I already knew how to braid. And the friend that was on the Thanksgiving podcast with me, actually, when we were kids, she taught me how to cornrow. And all the time I always tell her, girl, thank you. If it wasn't for you, I would be making my coins. That's our little joke. But Whitney helped me understand the business aspect she helped me set up my booking site she helped me you know uh learn the avenues of marketing to get clients and stuff like that so one of the craziest things that happened to me I had a lady that was referred to me from one of my regulars because I am blessed to have some regular customers that you know become like family so she referred somebody to me and um the type of hairstyle she had was the same one or that I should say that she wanted was what she had before. So she had came with the same hair and I was explaining to her about, I think the issue was, the issue was the hair, but she didn't listen to me because I was telling her, don't get this brand. When you do the type of hair that I do, certain brands uh, don't cooperate as well and they don't maintain as well or as long. And she tried to get nasty with me in my house. I put her ass out. I was like, one thing you're not going to do is yell in here at my house and I got my children in here. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I put her ass out. I ain't have no problems in any way. I'm not worried about it because I'm the type of person you can act stupid with, with me if you want. I will go all the way there with you with no second thought about it. <laughs> oh, that's right. Hey, I know that's why you got to put your foot down in your house. That's real. So what? Are yeah, real- like yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, you need to put your foot down. That's your house where you pay rent and where your kids answer to you. Oh, no, ma'am. You can't take that in your house. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So what are some hair care tips you want to pass along to the people? Um, You know, protective styles are great. I really love them. Um, Like my daughter, she's getting ready to be 10 in a few weeks and I have her hair in protective styles and her hair, her actual hair is down her back, but it's because of, I do protective styles, meaning, you know, different types of braid styles, uh, crochet styles and a crochet is where you cornrow the hair underneath and then you install the hair. I personally like that better than the sew-in. I feel like the sew-ins put too much damage on your hair. That's just my personal opinion. And I've had more success um, with crochets. So I would tell people definitely look into protective styling. If you're trying to give your hair a break from maybe heat or color and stuff like that, uh, give that a shot. Keep your scalp moisturized. You know, definitely make sure you're washing and conditioning your scalp. And find you somebody that you like. Don't have everybody in your hair. Find you one person or if you're doing it yourself, you know, definitely educate yourself further on things to maintain your hair and help it grow if that's what you're trying to do. But um, yeah, you know, if you're going to get your hair done, find you someone that you like and that you can trust because then they will help, you know, y'all can build a relationship and they help you with the maintaining of your hair if you're trying to get it to grow. That's one thing I tell people, don't have a whole bunch of stylists in your hair. 
Oh wow, that's real. That's that's definitely real. So now, what kind of brands that be messing up our hair and stuff? Because you know, not every brand is good for our hair, especially black people hair. Well, true, true. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a kind of sticky subject because you know, black people have all types of textured hair. Um, I would just say, you know, I mean, of course, and I'm not trying to be funny, but you know, stay away from. Products that you know are not for us. I don't feel like head and shoulders is for us. Some people probably use it, but I don't. I feel like that's really more drying of the hair. You know, black people's hair mm. and our texture of hair needs to be uh, have a certain level of conditioning to it. So you know, I'm just I just shout out a, a brand that came to my mind, mm. but I'm just like I don't think that's something that we should be using. I just use that as an example. Again, yeah. nothing against it to yeah. those who use it. I'm not talking down on you at all. It probably works for you. But in my experience, and especially growing up, it was like, no, you know, I had, that's, that's not for us. I definitely agree with you because I know one, I know a couple times when I was back in college, I used head and shoulders and my scalp would be burning. So I said, okay, this head and shoulders is going in the garbage. No sudden anybody <laughs> burn my scalp. Right. You know, like, nah, we, you know, certain things just not for us. Or like, you know, when I was growing up, LA looks gel was kind of like popular before, like, you know, the dark gel came like jam and this and that. But it was like, LA looks is not for us. If you had some, you know, real thick hair, that was not laying anything down. That wasn't doing nothing for us. No, I, I definitely feel you on that. So what are some hair tips, some hair care tips for the brothers you got? Um, you know that I really don't know because I don't do men's hair. Um, I don't, braid men's hair. I mean, I have to personally know you, you know, I throw some cornrows in there for you or something like mm -hmm. that. But I mean, again, I would still, you know, cleanliness, wash your hair, condition it, uh, maintain it. If you go into the barber, you know, you got a little beard and all that, get your beard balm going on and all that stuff, you know, get your facials. There's nothing wrong with men taking care of themselves either. I'm all for that. Hey, I definitely feel you on that. So now what we're going to do now is I'm going to run it, run, run some topics back from the last episode of Look and Talk, which was entitled General, Generational Curses. But the Yes, I checked that I, out. Mm -hmm. I do want to run back is, is it possible to repair a relationship? Do you feel like it's possible to repair a relationship after someone cheats? Oh, I think it is possible. I think it's based on the maturity of the people. Um, I'm one of those that this is just how I feel, okay? I feel like everybody at some point in time is going to get interested in something else. Do you act on it all the time or whatever? No, but it's human nature. Um, sometimes people have to get real with themselves. Now, I'm not condoning cheating at all because to me, if you want to do something else, I think you should just be woman enough or man enough to let that person that you're with know that, hey, this isn't working out and I want to move on. Um, but sometimes people have to be real with themselves and say, what was I not doing that may have could have caused this? You know, um, I have a situation I could tell you about. I'm not going to mention any names or anything because I don't know who might hear this. But, you know, I know uh, a couple who was together for a while and the husband had an infidelity and had a baby and the lady stayed. But the relationship is horrible. And she's not happy in this and that. And they, they, their relationship is, you would not think that they're together the way that they act. And it's like, why would you want to live like that? If, if you can't get over it, do both of yourselves the justice and let it go. Because you're just, first off, wasting each other's time. And you're living in misery. And that's not healthy. 
But I wish that this person would have took time to look at what they have done to have possibly caused their their husband to step out. You get what I'm saying? Again, yes. not saying that anybody should sit and say it's my fault and and let let do get away with it. That's not what I'm saying because it's still wrong. Because if he had issues within the relationship, he should have communicated that with his wife. But what I'm saying is sometimes you got to be real and look at yourself and say, well, what part did I have to play in this? That's why I say, can people work it out? Absolutely. Because if two people can get real, really communicate and get to a place of healing and trust, when you're real with the person, that trust can be rebuilt when you're being raw. Now, if you with the bullshit and you still doing the same behaviors that are showing, you know, what, what caused you to cheat or whatever, then yeah, you know, okay, that's, that's not real. But if two people can get real about some things and really break it down, I think it can be restored. It might not be the same, but it could be restored. Yes, I definitely feel you on that. I definitely feel like it can be restored, but the person, they got to be, uh, they got to put it into work. And you know what I'm saying? They got to address the issues of what caused them to cheat. And they got to mm-hmm. definitely commit to themselves that I'm not going to cheat no more. But you get a lot exactly. of people in today's society that they'll just take them back because they just want, they don't want to start over rather than. Yes. And, and yes. It's sad that you see that because then that person is going to think, for a while that it's going to be okay because you get some people that truly change but then you get some people that change for only like 30 days and then after 30 yeah. days they back to their deal. Yeah, they back to the shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's sad that it should be like that. So let me ask you this now. You know I'm I'm kind of a foodie so because I can tell you tell from my Instagram page. So what's the best restaurant to try if someone's coming to Virginia? Let me be real with you. I've been here two years. I'm actually from Maryland. I grew up, I'm born in DC, Northwest, and I was raised in like, you know, the Silver Spring, Montgomery County, a little PG County area. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I, one place I went to out here was Fogo de Chao, but I know there's a Fogo de Chao in a lot of places, but my experience, it was fabulous. Um, and down to the ambiance, to the food, to the customer service, it was an amazing experience. Um, I do cooking myself, so I feel like I'm, I have an Instagram uh, page. I might have to send that to you so you can check it out. That's dedicated to the food that I make. Um, so I'm a big foodie, too. Like, one thing I would love to do is when they have the food truck uh, events and you go and try all the different foods and you can get, like, margaritas and stuff. Oh, I need to I need to be there the next time they do that. <laughs> yes, I definitely agree. So, so since how you did say you're from Maryland, the D.C., Maryland area, how do you feel like go-go music has um, influenced your music? You know, I, I mean, of course, I grew up hearing go-go. Um, and actually, I had somebody send me a dope go-go beat. And I was like, yo, I think I could do something with this. But I haven't yet because I'm like, go-go, they will eat you alive if you don't get on there right. Like, my folks that's from D.C., they know what I'm talking about. If you try to get on a go-go beat and it's not hitting, they are going to punish you. So you really got to come correct. Um, but I wouldn't say that it had an influence on me just because I'm not a go-go head like I was born in DC but I wasn't raised there you know of course I'm the typical you know my grandmother lived in northwest whatever but I was just born there but I was really much raised in Montgomery County um and then I lived in PG County for a little bit so yeah yeah, I mean do I know about it do I have I went to some parties and had a good time and will I listen to some and and definitely crank to it absolutely but it's not I'm not the type that's like at every go-go show and this and that so I can't really say like I'm a true go-go head like that no, no, I, okay, I don't understand. I, I got you, you know what I'm saying? So it's like PG, like close to the Baltimore area, like, or no? Um, no, not really. Um, Montgomery and PG County are more close together. Like, where I grew up, it's weird. Like, 
you know, you could cross the street and be in D.C. in one place I was living at. Then you can, you know, on the other end, you could be in Montgomery County. So they're all, I mean, in PG County, rather. So they're all, like, connected. You know, Montgomery, PG County, Howard County, depending on where you're at. Like, I was living in Laurel at one time, and depending on which way I wanted to go, I could go to Howard County, I could go to Montgomery County, or I'd still be in, I was living in the PG County side. And then they have Anne Arundel County side of um, Maryland, which I lived in Anne Arundel County, too. So Maryland's kind of one of those places that's, near everything um i think anna rundle county starts getting you closer to like the baltimore area if i believe i'm not really familiar with baltimore either i, I didn't really you know like ever spend any time there or hang out there or anything okay okay i'm just not definitely understand you know what i'm saying so so how 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 did that come up coming up in that area and really influence your music um i mean just you know be we back in my day as far as you know nowadays it's different like you know how when we was growing up you go to the movies by yourself with your friends you went to the mall you know y'all was hanging out like stuff that i used to do when i was 15 16 years old i wouldn't do now as a grown woman we used to be out one and two o'clock in the morning not doing anything just we all used to like hang out at a mcdonald's um in downtown so spring or we used to go to maple avenues um street called maple avenue where everybody was from we walked down there 12 one o'clock in the morning just like crazy shit that you would never do today and nobody bothered you you know people look out for you we used to hang out in the mall go to the arcade so um just the 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 fact of having the things to do and and then seeing stuff you know and then that's material you could use for your music you know what i mean whereas now i couldn't imagine letting my daughter catch the bus to the mall at 13, 14 years old. But we surely used to do it. Your parents throw you $40. We was at the movies, you know, and it and it was no thing. And I had a pager. And back then, you know, a lot of people's parents ain't let them have pagers. But I had a pager. And, you know, my mom, she wanted to check on me, whatever. And you go to the pay phone, you call her back. It's a different world today. So um, I would just say the experiences of being able to live like that, that you can't have that freedom now to have those experiences to give you material for your music. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like a lot of things now. Now this generation coming up behind us, they got they got all the technology and stuff. They they probably even need a city bus. They could they could Uber that's true. or live. That's or, true. Or you know what I'm saying. But I feel like each generation is gonna have something to talk about, especially within their music, because they got a whole bunch of generation, a whole bunch of technology and stuff. So you know the Super Bowl this weekend. So I don't know if you're yes. a football fan or not, but who are you picking in the Super Bowl? I'm going with the Chiefs only because, you know what I'm saying, we're a Chief household. So, yeah, I'm rocking with the Chiefs. And I'm sh- I'm proud that they made it because they haven't uh, made it in a long time. Yes. Long yeah. time. They haven't made it to Super Bowl nearly 50-something years. I said, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. I, I, I definitely... Um, I'm definitely, I definitely agree with you. You know what I'm saying? I definitely agree with you. I just, I'm riding with the Chiefs, even though none of my Florida teams made it. You know what I'm saying? See, maybe next year, I'm, I'm looking at them photos of people in Miami. Miami looks so lit right now. Hopefully, maybe. Oh, next, yeah. Hopefully, maybe next year before <laughs> I get the money right. And I'll be. Going, I know that's right. <laughs> I'll be at the Super Bowl getting lit right there with them. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of things that's like going down that area, you know? So. so oh, yeah. So, um. Now, getting back to uh, the last episode of the podcast, which we deal with generational curses, what are some things you do to help instill to make sure your kids don't have to go through what you went through and make sure they don't carry on no bad family legacies? Absolutely. That's actually something I can really touch on because um, 
I'm a, a product of divorce homes, which most of us are, um, but I'm my mother's only child, but my dad had three children. So um, unfortunately I lost my sister to homicide when she was 14. So she hasn't been with us in a long time. And then I have a brother and um, him and I, we were very close at one point, but we don't speak right now. And my dad and I aren't speaking. Um, and I don't know if you got a chance to check on my last episode. I touched on that because my dad lives in China and has been there for over 20 years. And he lives near where this um, outbreak is happening with the coronavirus. So what I have been instilling in my children is two things. First, y'all are lucky that y'all all get to grow up together. Because when I was a kid, that's what I wanted so bad. I wanted my mom to have more children, but that wasn't happening. And then I wish I had have lived with my siblings. And I'm like, y'all don't know how good y'all have it. You know, y'all have both your parents in the same household and you have each other. You know, like in the young black community, that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's, it doesn't and that's happen. sad. And let me tell you something. My situation ain't easy and I've been through it with the father of my children. But we, the one thing that we both say is we're trying to do better than what was done for us because he's a product of divorce homes too. And so we're just trying to give them what we didn't have, give them the structure and the stability that we didn't have. And what I'm trying to instill in them is togetherness, having each other's back, you know, because that is important. Because look at the fact that I have a brother I don't speak to, my father I don't speak to. And it's not by choice. Sometimes blood will do you dirtier than a stranger on the street you know i've had strangers look out for me i'm trying to tell you i'm trying to tell you so i'm trying to teach that and and i mean like i've really been going through it because i got like 13 my twin i have twin boys that are five and then my daughter is 10 so you got that mix of ages and then she's the only girl so you can imagine you know it can get a little a little rambunctious up in here but um i try to again teach them that and teach them closeness and looking out for each other because my whole family is broken up I really don't deal with a lot of my family. And I know that that's not how it should be. But sometimes, you know, things happen in life and the chips fall where they may. You know what I mean? No, I I definitely agree with you on that because I'm definitely a product of of a divorced house. And um, I mean, I I, I was my mom's only child and I had like five sisters. And one one of them I met when I was 25. I I met at 26 after I had graduated from college. And I'm like, sometimes I really ask myself because now this person we have really become tight and I'm happy for a relationship. But I'm like, damn, what would have been this? Like if we had grew up in the same household or grew up close to each right. other, you know what I'm saying? Because my dad, he wasn't always there. And it's like, I'm like, you all really want to speak to my dad. Um, He ain't even living in China. He just out there, you know what I'm saying? Spreading lies and living in his own fantasy world. So it's like when that time does come for me to have kids, I'm definitely going to establish that, you know, that y'all going to be together and, Y'all going to establish exactly. one of each other. And you're definitely right about family. Family will do you wrong. And then they, and then sometimes they won't understand why you stay silent with them. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. Right. And right. It's like people. And I, what I've got from that is people don't hold themselves accountable for their actions. And it's like, you know, I did finally see a couple of my family members who were happy to see me the other day. You know what I'm saying? Finally broke down and went to go see them. And it's like they were, they were happy to see me. I know it's slow steps, but. And, and even I even have sisters who act like they don't want to even see me. I'm like, I'm like, just because we weren't around, y'all want y'all want to act like we have beef. But you know what? Right. I've learned right. to embrace the ones that want to be there for you and not chase people. Absolutely. Because that's right. It, it is sad how it is, you know. So, what can other people do to not fall victim to generational curses? that's exactly what we said just like what you said you hope to do when you start your family and what I'm trying to do with mine 
teach them the moral code, teach them about being there for each other, not stabbing each other in the back, not letting anybody do each other dirty. Y'all take care of each other. Because what I always tell my children is one day, mommy not going to be here. One day, daddy not going to be here. All y'all are going to have is each other. So I need y'all to act right. I need y'all to, you know what I'm saying? Be there for each other. So my twins, of course, naturally, they have a natural bond because they're twins and they're very much like that. Like they might get into it, but don't mess with one because the other one is running up on you. That's how they are. And, and all of them are to an extent, like ain't none of them going to let you do nothing to the other. But I'm trying to get them to the point where they are together with each other. So we do stuff like family game night. We do movie night, you know, activities or whatever to teach them how to bond with each other. Hey, that's real. That's real. You got you got to establish that family night, that game night, especially in the black community, because we don't we don't do that enough. It's like growing up, you really didn't see that a lot. It's like you just saw people just come home to work and just it was all work, no play. You know what I'm saying? You got to balance it out. You know what I'm saying? And you can't let the television raise your damn child because the programming is just ridiculous. Yeah, and, then, and they doing the, sneak stuff too. Yes, the yeah, they be killing you with the sneaky messages, and then you wonder why your child <laughs> right? up in school and stuff. You wonder exactly. And um, so what's something we can look forward to that's coming on the on the phone party? You know, um, I'm just looking forward to definitely bobbing with more people, getting getting to a point where you know I have a nice following that are pitching in whether they are asking to be a part of it because I, I want it to be where a listener can become a co-host. You get what I'm saying? Like, we all a family. So I, I hope to grow it. Um, definitely get to a point of where, you know, I have some some high-profile people possibly coming on there. I mean, I definitely am not, like, playing with this. I'm like, oh, let me just see what this is going to do. I, I do have visions where I hope this can become something that can turn into, like, a little small, intimate talk show type of deal. Like, I do have some, some plans and some visions that I would like to see happen. But right now, I just want to connect with the people. And like I said, have it to where a listener can become a co-host. Let's, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to know what your topics are. What's something you want to hear people talk about? Because some people might not feel comfortable talking about it, but they want to have other people talk about it. And they want to throw the topic out there and hear what others might have to say or what they think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in that same boat with you. I'm trying to grow this thing up. I'm 76 episodes in. I'm still trying to grow it up. You know what I'm saying? It's yes, like, salute to you on that too. That's major. Yes, I appreciate it. But I'm still trying to grow it to where it's like a small talk show. And that's where it's like, and this is, I really do feel like this is going to be the year where I talk to mm -hmm. more people. I'm definitely opening up to it. You know what I'm saying? I definitely feel you. I'm in that same boat with you. So, also, whenever you're ready for me to do the return episode on the phone party, you just got to let me know. We can definitely make oh, that yeah. happen. Oh, yeah. Because I'm trying to make that happen next week. So, I am going to reach out to you on that, too. And, um, you know, think of some topics, shoot some stuff at you. So, yeah, you'll be getting some messages from me because I definitely want to return the blessing because I appreciate you letting me come on here and bless yours today. I really do. No, it's not a problem. Ooh, yeah, y'all be y'all 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 go ahead and subscribe to the phone party because you're truly gonna be on there. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna have some things to talk about. You know what I'm saying? It's the, I'm definitely interested in this connecting with people in different states. You know, it's it's definitely a it's definitely the move, y'all. If you ain't out here networking, then you need to be definitely out here networking and absolutely at, doing the damn thing because 2020 is here. So what's the like? Uh, now, what's what's the one thing you want to establish? Like, what's the one thing you want to teach your kids from podcasting? That it's okay to 
speak on the controversial things and not worry about what people are going to say and do. It's okay to be you. It's okay to be free. It's okay to have an open mind, you know, and, and receive the knowledge of things that it's okay. You know, and it's okay to do what you set your mind on something you want to do. I just woke up one day, you know, some people say, oh, you can't just wake up and decide. Yes, you can. I woke up one day and decided, you know what, I'm going to try this podcasting thing out, did some research. And then I just did it. I'm one of those people that, um, some of the best things that I've I've learned and taught myself because I just jumped in there and did it. Hey, that's real. That's definitely real. You could definitely just wake up one day and like if you feel like doing it, then just go ahead and do it. Don't don't sit around and yeah. wait because you get some people that procrastinate about it and they'll just put it off, put it off. But no, if you're feeling something, you need to just pounce on it and do it. I definitely agree with that message yeah. you know, established to you. Yeah. It's easy to make excuses. Yes, yeah, easy to make excuses, but just do it. And nobody's going to be perfect right out the gate. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to uh, master my, get my sound right on my podcast. But does that mean I'm going to say, oh, well, I'm going to stop and wait till it's just perfect. If you wait till everything's just perfect, you won't get shit done. So you just got to do it. And then you learn as you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, one thing I've also learned from podcasts is, you might think it sound like crap, but then somebody else here they think it's oh this is great, and they you never know. And that's and true. That's why, like when somebody I follow, they said you always talk ugly because you always know where to build from. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, I know for me the next step is actually going to be traveling to meet people in person and do pods with them, but. For now, we're going to ride with this. Yes, that would be fun. Yes, yes. that would be fun. Yeah. But yeah. for right now, I'm definitely going to ride with this Anchor app because this app is definitely wonderful. Like I said, I do salute to um, salute to this chick named Precious who put me on to it. You know what I'm saying? So, But um, I definitely think I'm definitely looking forward to that next episode. We run it back together. So if you got any, if y'all have any suggestions for us, please hit us up at the Liquor Talk Podcast on IG. What's your, what's your social medias? Um, y'all can hit me up at Glamorati uh, underscore, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that. Let me, let me run back. Glamorati underscore Dina and uh, Glamorati is G-L-A-M-O-U-R-A-T-I underscore Dina. So holla at me y'all, uh, you know, whether it's just, just to catch a vibe. I mean, I'm a cool person too. So it's like, whatever, you know what I mean? Talk about music or you got some topics, please. Yeah. Definitely send me a message. Yeah. Message to both of us. If you want to catch a vibe or you got a restaurant suggestion or if you got any kind oh of, yes yes please yes, yes. <laughs> any kind of suggestions for anything y'all y'all definitely hit us up now i want to thank uh, i want to thank the glam glam dina for taking time to out her day to join us on the liquor talk episode i appreciate it i'm grateful for you coming and, through and thank you so much for having me i enjoyed myself this was actually fun i was excited about it because i checked yours out and i was like oh yeah he's dope i'm looking forward to it and i really enjoyed myself thank you uh, thank you and i hope to have you on another edition Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Liquor Talk. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts at. That's what we're going to be at, and this is what we're going to be doing all 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Liquor Talk, and we are out this thing. Holla at your boy, Glam.